This is the Caniac Report. I am Sam Wallace. And I am Sam Driscoll. And you know what? What? We're doing this from a different location today, aren't we? Yes, we are. All right, we are back with another episode of the Caniac Report. And like what Sam said, uh, it's been a while since we're doing this over Zoom. Yep, you are in Arkansas. I am back home. So we get to do this uh, remotely today. Yes. Uh, so uh, let's start with some Kane's news. Uh, I think probably the biggest news of this week is uh, Kachetkov getting a four-year, $2 million extension. I love that deal. I think I like it. it's a pretty good risk. Yeah, it's a good deal. It works well for the team. I think it works well for the player. Um, you know, it's fitting, too, especially, I mean, tonight they announced the Cam Ward, and we're going to mention that in a minute, too, inducted into the Hall of Fame for the Carolina Hurricanes, right? So I feel as though, you know, Kochetkov could be that finally that goalie of the future. And a $2 million, worst case, $2 million backup, not bad, so about what we pay Ranta. And best case scenario, it's a $2 million starting elite goaltender, and I tend to edge on the side of that, so... Oh, I do too. He's been playing fantastic. And uh, as we're recording this tonight, uh, Ranta actually played uh, the game against Calgary, which we will get to. Um, another piece of news that I want to get to, uh, this was announced by um, Corey Lavalette on Twitter, but the Canes broadcast team earned a Mid-South Emmy nomination for the Game 7 Boston series last year. And you know what? I think they deserve it. Uh, I think we have a great, very great crew that we have. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was actually when Shane was doing the uh, caller too. So um, good for the group. Good for the group for sure. It's good to see them get uh, recognized. Yeah, um, I, I know with Mike being like the play-by-play thing, at first I, it was kind of hard to get into the games, and I think he, he might admit that he wasn't at his best, bec- and it makes sense. He's starting something new, but I think as he's done more games, he's clearly gotten a lot better oh, uh, absolutely. with his uh, play-by-play announcement. For sure. And you've got um, Trip too. So that's going to help you as well, getting to bounce it off. He's one of the best, if not the best, color analyst in the National Hockey League. Yes. And and Trip really, when John left, I thought he took over more of like a mentor type of role over Mike and maybe even to some extent, extent Shane. So a nice uh, scene, though, the dynamic duo between those two players. And I'm liking Hannah so far. Um, as the in-game host. Yeah, that's a good, good group. Yeah, good group of people. Works well together. Good chemistry. So it's good to see. Yes, it is. And the last piece of Kane's news that we want to get to is that Cam Ward, like you said, got inducted into the Hall of Fame for the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, I thought they. I don't know if you saw the video that they put out on their social media. But it was great of Brenda Moore and Waddell yeah. singing um, Cam Ward. I loved that. It was a very special moment, I'm sure, for Cam Ward. 
Oh yeah, it was great. They played it in the arena um, at the game tonight. So I um, I loved it, and I was actually wearing my Cam Ward signed jersey this game. I had no clue that was going to happen, so no, it was very coincidental. But I was very fitting, and I'll definitely be rocking that Ward jersey that night too. Yes, so happy, and I mean, it's obvious. I think he was going to be inducted just because of the impact that he had on this team for so long, even through the dark ages. I I know he might have had suspected defensemen in front of him, but he's been a Kane's favorite for a lot of fans. Yes, and everyone knows that I believe he should have not only be inducted into the Hall of Fame, but his jersey should be retired. Yes, and we, we, we've had those conversations before on past episodes. So let's get to the uh, Canes game. Um, Canes at Winnipeg. I classify this as a weird, very weird game. Because coming into this game, if you look at this from a large perspective, Canes needed to win. They weren't doing well leading into it. They were losing in overtimes. But if you look at this game on a surface level, they steal a point. Because uh, they did not look good through the first, I would say, 55 minutes of the game. Yep. Yeah, they didn't look good 55 minutes at all. Um, The last five is when they turned it on. (laughs) I mean, it was, I mean, you didn't have a good first period. Your Luke Dubois scores. You didn't have a good second period. And at this point, Winnipeg just keeps, you know, piling on the second period. Winnipeg scores. Third period, Winnipeg scores again. So at this point, it feels once they score that third, it really feels like it's a dagger. It just that this team doesn't, you know, this is the way they've been playing. You didn't really think that they could come back. You didn't really feel that they had a chance. And I don't think anybody really thought that they did. Yes, I I know. And what's interesting about those about these goals is that the Dubois, the Ezimont, I could be pronouncing that wrong, and the Morrissey goal in overtime, which we'll get to, all of those were breakaway goals. Yeah. Um, and we had one tonight uh, in Calgary. So it, it, I don't know what it is with these breakaway goals, but I mean, the defense needs to uh, be a little bit more solidified. And of course, I think we do need some help from our goaltenders, obviously. Yeah. I think. But I think it kind of goes both ways, though. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I tweeted out tonight that, you know, breakaways seem to be a struggle with, with the goaltending. And, you know, with Kachetkov, he's a young guy. He is going to be given a little bit more of a leash. But, you know, you expect more from Ranta. And also, just also, as a side, as a little extra news as well, Rod said that Anderson is nowhere close to coming back. So it will be the Kachetkov-Ranta show for a while. Kachetkov will most likely be the starter. He'll get majority of the starts. And then Ronta will be the backup. So he will start some, but it'll probably be Kochetkov playing. I would say the majority of the road games that we have coming up. He'll probably play between, I mean, maybe it'll go 50 50, but I think he'll play four of the six. Yeah. So we'll see how the road trip comes up. But then we get to the last five minutes of that Winnipeg game. And what's funny, you already went to bed. And I was yeah. like, I'll stay up. But I was, I was getting to the point where I was going to, leave though because I was like I just don't see the Canes coming back but then it's Slavin that scores um, from Svechanajo and this was a really nice goal because there was a lot of net front presence in front of 
David Riddick, who was the goaltender for Winnipeg. Yep. Very, very nice goal. And then Svech scores from Burnton Ajo. That was actually a tip out in front. Again, net front presence. That's what this team needs. And then the game's tied with Netra scoring from Ajo and Jarvis. All three goals in the span of four minutes and six seconds. Wow. That's yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it was um, impressive. I mean, I'll give them props for that. But I agreed with Adam Gold there. You know, don't let it fool you. They played an absolutely atrocious game. It was not a good game at all. So, you know, you you skew highway robbery, you get a point. Because Winnipeg should have gotten two in regulation. But either way, it showed the team, you know, th- that was a, you know, you felt a little bit better about that game because they battled back. You're like, okay. Maybe they're coming around, right? Maybe it's like, oh, they flipped the switch. We're going to see this coming on. Well, over time, they, you know, defense kind of brain fart, and like you said, Morrissey scores on a breakaway again. Yes, and I and I think that was the most frustrating because it was another break. It's like you can't keep giving these chances again. It goes both ways. The defense needs to be better. In fact, that was a lineup in the mix of a lineup change. During that overtime, and sloppy. It, it really was sloppy. And you always hope your goalie will stop one. So, like in this game, where I'm not really going to be judging Kachetkov a whole lot, you really hope, you know, you you hope your goalie gets one of these breakaways, right? And, and Kachetkov got one; he could have been four, right? So, I think he. I think there was another breakaway that Winnipeg game um, could have been Shifley. But yeah, Pachetkov stopped one of the breakaways. He did. But I you know, remember that. Hope you hope you know your goalie gets more than really just one, you know. But at the end of the day, you shouldn't be giving up that many breakaways. Yes, you really shouldn't have. And I guess in that Winnipeg game specifically, I blame more on the defense of just the amount of chances they gave to Winnipeg. And Winnipeg, I've noticed in that game, they're a fast, fast team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the night, it's still a heartbreaker because your team battled so much. They even almost won it in regulation. But, you know, it's it's tough, right? And the next game didn't really make anything better. No, it didn't. In fact, I thought it made things worse. And when the Canes lost this game, I thought this was the point where they hit rock bottom. Because they were still in it the past several games. They really were. Got a lot of overtime points um, and all that stuff. But this was the game that they should have won because Carolina on paper clearly, clearly is the better team than Arizona. And Arizona's goalie played fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. He played amazing. I believe is the goalie's name. Yeah, he was he was and nah, I really didn't have much of a problem with uh Kochetkov's game. Kochetkov had to save of the year in this game. So um you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're not gonna spend a lot of time on this game because it was really bad. The only player that showed up was Kochetkov. Um, no one else showed up this game. They had a good first period, but you know, at the end of the day, Arizona comes out one nothing, but they just they couldn't do it. Kachetkov, I felt like, was elite this game. I certainly don't blame the loss on him at all. Um, 
he he stood on his head when he had to. I mean, you can't blame a goalie if you don't score a goal. So, yes, we, and and with a couple, so can't do yeah. that. Empty nets like that. Not when you're as good as Svechnikov. So that was that was that just made it bad. Um, but you know, again, you can take if you want to take anything out of this game, you can take out that Kochetkov was elite. Yes, he was. Um, and I I like that you said the fr- first period. Um, Canes were the bet was the best team in that first period, but then they gave Arizona hope coming out of it and going into the second period because Arizona was up one to nothing. In fact, at that point. Kachekov didn't have a save because it was 15 to or was it 18 to 1? It was like, it was, either way, they only had one shot on goal. I think that whole like most of that whole period, if not that whole period. Yeah, I know. It's it was crazy that he didn't have a save because the canes were that dominant. And and when the canes are that dominant and you're still losing, that mm-hmm. just sucks the life out of the fans the most. Yep. And, and, it was, and it was not loud at all. No, it wasn't. And I believe when it came to the third goal for Arizona, you and I, we were like, yeah, this game seems not coming back. Arizona's not going to blow a three to nothing lead like Winnipeg did the previous game. Yeah, not at all. Because one, their goaltender was playing on his head, and two, Arizona just locked it down. They did. And to be honest, um, the Winnipeg game, I thought, was more of Winnipeg showing their offensive explosive talent than it was for Arizona. For Arizona, it was clearly their goaltender that stole that game. Yeah, and it, you know, it was a frustrating game. It was frustrating to watch. And at that point, I know you were you were furious. I was angry too. Um, and I know we we talked we talked about you know maybe leaving to let Jeff Daniels go. I know Adam Gold vehemently disagreed, but I mean, I don't. I rarely don't agree with him, but I I do think it's unreasonable to to not. I, I don't think it's unreasonable to question the you know question the idea of making changes, whether that's staff changes, lineup changes, you know, when you're in a position where you should not be as a team, right? Holding people accountable is the right way to go. And whether that's players or staff, I don't think that's a problem. Yes. And another thing I, I do want to point out during the Arizona game, this was the game where Brenda Moore uh, switched Drury and KK where Drury was playing on the second line. Um, I mean, that didn't really show to be beneficial. Not at all. Obviously. But it is just one game of jury playing with the big boys. I don't think Drury's been very good. I don't think he's been very good. I think tonight was his best game. Oh, yeah, that's good. Because you're probably going to be talking a little bit more about the Calgary game than... um, Yeah. Than I am. Because you've watched. You were there at that game. And you got a hat out of it. I did. I'm wearing the hat right now, too. Yes. So we come out of the Arizona game losing four to nothing. I, I thought that was when the Canes hit rock bottom. And there were a lot of fans I know both on social media calling out um, on the coaching staff. Yep. And I mean, I've had this conversation with a couple of people of, 
well, do you fire Rod Brindamore? And I'm like, I don't think it's gotten to that point yet to where you fire him. No, I don't think so either. I mean, I, I don't think I, I don't think that I, I've said this before. I don't think that's a conversation you have unless you have the same result for a third season in a row this year. Then I think that conversation is is fine because you know we'll go we'll give you an example of the best. I'll give you an example of the best, most relatable instance. Right? We'll go with the Washington Capitals. Right? For years, they always made the playoffs. Right? And they were a good team, really good team. They had Ovechkin, they had Batchin at the time, they had Seven. I mean, they were elite offense, elite defense, elite goaltending. But they always lost in the first round, and they kept getting into the playoffs. And after a while, guess what? That's just not good enough. They fired the coach. And they did that a couple of times. They still made the playoffs, but they kept choking. And just because you have a great season, their power play was great. Ovechkin scoring 40, 50 goals. You're thinking, oh my goodness, why would they fire the coach? Because you're not getting the you're not you're getting the same result. So I think at the end of the season, if we haven't won a cup or at least gotten to the Eastern Conference Finals, I think the discussion is reasonable. I'm not there yet. I know you're not there yet. We 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 have all the faith in the world in Rob Rendemore to get us over that hump this season. Yes. But don't but we don't believe you should not harp on fans who question the the coaching staff or question that maybe changes should be made. I think that's part of being a fan, right? You get upset, and that's understandable. I was furious after that one game, the last podcast we did. I was calling for Jeff Daniels' head. Still not the biggest fan of Jeff Daniels, but you know, we'll see. Um, I, I don't think that there's necessarily gonna be a coaching change, so do I think there might be a player change? That's probably more likely. I know that Bo Horvat's been mentioned and linked to us. I think Timo Meyer has been linked to us as well. That's a couple of players I'd like to see, one of one or the other. I think their cap hits are a little bit more friendly. So it's something you could do. But um, at the end of the day, don't harp on fans. If they If they are upset, let them be upset. Let them say how they feel. I, I get it. Yeah. It it is frustrating coming out of the Arizona game because I, I mean you lose to a team that you should have won and oh, absolutely I completely understand but I just don't like the very extreme extremist views like firing Robert Demore I don't think you should fire him and I'm, I'm I mean. I'm completely fine as long as it's within the reason, the common sense era type of things. Yeah. And I, and even though I might disagree with the whole Jeff Daniels thing, I mean, it's I kind of think of it as it's more up to management to decide because if they do think that Jeff Daniels isn't working, obviously, then there does need to be a change. If there is, then don't um i i think part of management the management's responsibility is to be sure that there are a plenty of leadership of voices in that locker room um so i mean i leave it up to management but it, as long as they think firing J- jeff daniels is the best thing then do it yeah but i mean i'm not part of management so i don't know <laughs> 
I, and I believe in this management group for the most part, my belief in them will be, and honestly, my overall opinion of them will be determined at the deadline. If they choose to sit still, I think that shows you that maybe it's time for a change in management. Um, Cause you need to be willing to make a move, make a splash when everyone around you gets so much better and you just kind of sit still. Right. Yes. And I mean, of course, I mean, I, we all know, though, that the offense is going to struggle with the injuries that this Kings team already has. Oh, so yeah. it shouldn't be a huge surprise, but, I mean, the Kings are better than this because you still have Ajo, you still have Natchez. Um, I thought Jarvis had a good game tonight against the yeah. Flames. Yeah. He got a goal. Yep. Uh, you, yep. You, you, you have the talent and... And I and I would say your top talent has been producing is it's the depth that's the question right now the Stasnies the KKs and the other players like maybe step on too so that so, that's where the question yeah, lies for sure um, well on to a game that I felt had a lot of good but a lot of bad a lot of good and a lot of bad. Um, Good two power play goals against Boston, one of the best teams in the National Hockey League, if not the best team in the National Hockey League right now. That that's good when your power play has not been doing well. I, I know, and I was shot um, because I, I I was in Arkansas at this time that two power play goals in the same period. Like wow, uh, the first goal is. Uh, Nason from Ajo and Svech. The second goal, which was, I mean, KK couldn't give through the first time, but he persevered and got it in the second time with KK scoring, which he needed a goal uh, from Jarvis and Pesci. A great, uh, great first period. And from what I've heard is that that first period was the best period the Canes had. And then Boston kind of took over the rest of the game. Kind of. I thought Carolina played an okay second period. I, I think I, I look, my problem with this game isn't really as much as how Carolina played, but as much as I thought the officiating was just so, so, so bad. So bad. I mean embarrassingly bad. And I'm talking about so bad that if you just take away the fact that I don't believe that goal should have counted, um, but take away that everything else was just as bad. I mean, that first crazy goal shouldn't have happened. There should have been a penalty. Plain and simple. Should have been a penalty. I agree with that. Um, um, therefore, you take that off the board, Carolina wins 2-1. to one. So even if you give them the other goals. So I have a massive problem with that. Massive problem with that. And again, I don't believe the goal should have counted. And look, I'll tell you this. I love the fact that we got Bruins fans angry. They're clearly still salty that we beat them in the playoffs. And I'm sure they miss Scott Walker, too. So. <laughs> You know, regardless, at the end of the day, the goal should not have counted because the call on the ice was no goal. And according to the memos the league has sent out, unless it's an egregiously bad miscall on the ice, you do not overturn it. That was not the case here. It was close. I still believe and I firmly believe that that was goaltender interference. Goal should not have counted. There are two goals that were controversial that Boston scored to tie this game. I firmly, and I've always believed that the league has been a little bit biased toward Boston because of how big the market is. I do believe that. I believe that's just inherent there. 
It's an original 16. Yeah, I don't like Boston. Everyone knows that I thoroughly despise Boston. I despise New York. But I felt like this game, there were two, at least at the very least, one controversial goal. That's the first Krejci goal. Yes. Well, I, I, both goals were scored by Krejci. Yep, that's um, why. I said, and, yep. and we'll get to that second goal. And this is when y- you and I would disagree on the interference of what they called right when that goal was scored. I didn't think there was goal interference because I thought Pesci interfered with the Boston player enough outside of, of the crease. But I do agree with you in the fact that they called goalie interference on it. And I was like, well, I mean, you need substantial evidence in order to overturn that. And I didn't think there was enough evidence. That was my issue with uh, that goal. Uh, But I had the feeling looking back at that, I was like, oh, no, they're going to overturn this. I just know it. And they did. Like I said, anything to help Boston. And Brandon Moore, I mean, I saw his reaction on on the TV because that was when I started watching the game was in the second period. And Brandon Moore just laughed. He was like, wow. Yeah, Yeah, that was my reaction, too. I mean, at that point, you can't do much other than just laugh at the league and laugh at the officiating. Yeah. And, I mean, to me, this is another issue, too. I mean, we we know that... um, Brenda Moore, especially during, I believe it was a playing series against Boston, where um, there was a lot of bad officiating that game. And and the reason why I, I'm willing to say that is because um, there have been uh, fans um, watching that series who aren't a fan of both the Hurricanes and the Bruins, where they were like, man, this, this officiating is bad. And that's why I like to hear from the most because they don't really have any attachment to yep. the series. And I mean, I really think the league needs to be better of just letting the coach, the not just Brendan Moore, but all the coaches, just to vent a little bit. I mean, they're 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 emotional just as much as the players are. Let them vent after a game a little bit. I understand about um May maybe making a line where they can't cross while talking about it, but there needs to be some place to let them vent because I it's it, it really is emotional. It's really hard to keep that in yeah. without getting suspended or getting penalized for it. Oh, absolutely, and it is what it is. But honestly, Carolina didn't really deserve to win. They hadn't played well, and they didn't play good in overtime, and. Morris and you know uh Pasternak, an elite player. We take a penalty. That was a stupid penalty, though. I, I, that I, was all on Carolina. Too many men on the ice. I knew Boston you, was gonna win. Yeah, no, you know better. That's elite. Four on three. When you've got Marshan, Bergeron, Pasternak, Krejci, yeah, you're gonna score. You're gonna score. And they did. And you know, that one made me angry, but that's more along the lines of I just hate Boston. I was I was at work and my coworkers were like, man, your face is, is red. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm pissed. So that's just how to that where that's how that goes. Yeah. And now I'll be honest, yeah. Again, tonight with Calgary, because they're moving on to that game. I thought the officiating was just as bad tonight. We had to beat Calgary 
and the officials. And I'll tell you, that was frustrating. Yeah, um, I, I didn't watch that game a ton, so you're going to have to uh, uh, fill in that game a little bit more from your end. But it seemed like uh, Carolina, again, has a pretty good start, and that's kind of become a theme. They have good starts, and they get the first goal with uh, Jarvis from Burns, which yeah. Burns carried that play. He, he was the one that turned that puck over and gave it to Jarvis, who found uh, the uh, Nets on that goal. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it was a beautiful goal, beautiful play. And then I'll also make the argument that I thought Carolina played pretty good throughout the whole game. Um, I think Carolina was the better team through all. I thought they played a 60-minute effort. A couple of breakdowns cost some goals. But I thought overall Carolina was really good tonight um, for sure. Um I, again, my, my biggest problem, my biggest problem tonight was the officiating. I didn't think it was very good. They called, and I, you know, I'm going to quote Adam Gold. It was a shitty call. It was bad. I mean, the Boston game is one thing, but I will tell you right now, right now, I have not seen a worse call this season. KK is shooting the puck and gets called for a high stick. Because it clipped a guy. Follow through. Definition of a follow through. Definition of a follow through. He's shooting the puck on a scramble to get the puck in the net. The puck is in the crease. His stick is on the puck. Follow through. Yeah. um, I didn't see it, but it seemed like everybody agreed that shouldn't have been a penalty. Um yeah, that's. I mean, it it it's, it really is frustrating. So I do understand fans being frustrated, and and I do agree that shouldn't have been a goal. And then Calgary ties it with uh, Ruzika scoring. I believe that was on the power play. It was. That was not. They, they fortunately Calgary did not score on the power play when they got when when they incorrectly sent. Uh, Coach Kanyemi to the box. That was in the second period. Uh, Calgary was just, I think, they only scored one power play goal tonight. I think Carolina scored two. Yes, and the power play seems like it's starting to come around as uh, Natchez scores from a great pass from Nason on the power play, and it's two to one. Unfortunately, unfortunately Calgary ties it from Toffoli. That's another breakaway goal. Kane's mm-hmm. defense cannot keep allowing that. And then, but in the third period, um, it is Pesci scoring from KK and Stastny, and it seems like KK is starting to play better. Yeah. So uh, tonight, I don't normally do stars, but there were enough. There were there were very specific players that just really impressed me tonight, and I gave third star. Um, let's see. I know I have it here. I gave third star to Stastny, second star to KK, and first star to Jarvis. A little bit different than in the building. Um, but I just thought I thought Stasny had the best game of a hurricane. Best game as a hurricane. I mean, that line had an unbelievable sequence in the in the, I believe it was the first. And I just felt like he was really good tonight. And I'm hoping that he can keep replicating that. KK, I thought KK had a had a bee in his bonnet tonight. He was angry. He was frustrated. He was playing that way. He was out there, I mean, hitting, battling for pucks. It was great. KK, he looked really good. And I'm really hopeful that that play continues because we need it on a six game road trip. We're about to start. 
Yes, definitely. And ultimately, that ends the game. Now, toward the end of that third period, of course, Calgary was really pushing it, but we stood strong. And it's yeah. three to two. Carolina wins. They needed a win after going on a long road trip. And we have a few minutes here uh, before our session ends. Uh, let's get to our uh, 25th anniversary um, memories. Um, you know what? I'll go first. Go ahead. Um, I'm gonna I'm go ahead and get this out of the way with. But I love the David Ayers moment. I thought that was a very special moment. I know there have been some things recently about David Ayers. I don't really want to get into that. But regardless, though, that was a special moment. And nothing has been substantiated. So I don't think there's any reason to discuss it. Yes. Uh, But I I mean, regardless, that was a special moment that happened um, on the anniversary night of Miracle on Ice. Very, very great moment. That that's the game where I started to be like, okay, I don't want to see any of our goalies come out of their crease to play the puck anymore. <laughs> I don't. Because yeah. yeah. they're gonna get hurt, and that's how David Ayers came in. But you know what? I mean, David Ayers, he'll he'll shaky in that um in the I believe in the uh it was the second period period, but he came out in the third, and it was really the Carolina's defense that locked the game down. And David yeah. Ayers played very good too, but they made sure that David Ayers wasn't getting a lot of challenging shots. And it's just a, just a great special moment. Absolutely. So for me, I'm going to go with a little something different. I'm going to go, and some fans might be surprised at this, but Carolina had just, you know, they hadn't made splashes in free agency. They never tried to get better. Except the one time they did once when they signed Alexander Simon. That was huge. This team had not gone for big-name players. This team had not tried, and they got the best free agent available that year in Alexander Simon. And that team did really well that year. They missed the playoffs, not because of the offense or even the defense, but because Cam Ward got hurt. And that was it, because I don't think we had a good backup that year, at least not one that could really carry the team in the way that needed to be done. But I, I love to see, you know, I thought Simon had a lot of great moments as a hurricane. It's unfortunate at the end of the day, it didn't work out just because of his play. Wasn't He didn't try anymore after he got the big contract. But it was great to see. That's when I felt like maybe we were getting close to the end of the, the Dark Ages. Sadly, we weren't. But it was good to see for Hurricanes fans, a big name player willing to come to this market. Yes. We hadn't seen that in such a long time. So bringing Simon in, I thought was great. I know your dad agrees with that. I know he loved Alexander Simon. He's got a jersey for Simon. Um, and he always said, you know, Simon has more talent in his pinky finger than anybody ever who played on the Carolina Hurricanes. And he was right. Simon was an elite player, talented guy, could have scored 50 goals if he tried a little harder. And it's just the effort wasn't there. Yeah, no, and it wasn't. Um, but I thought Carolina doing that was was amazing. And that, that was one of the bright spots during the Dark Ages. Yes, definitely. It's nice uh, doing these memories uh, just to uh, know what have been the bright spots uh, for this Canes team throughout the years. And uh, we hope you like this episode. Um, if you like it, please rate leave a review and subscribe so you never miss another episode we are also on instagram and twitter we hope you guys enjoy this 
I am Sam. Yep. Have a good night, everybody. Bye.